day. Um, someone who wants to believe in this will believe in this. Those who are open to hear it will hear it. And if they close their ears, they're in for a surprise. Which is, I think, really the story of all of our lives. You know? We kind of choose our YouTube channel. We choose our reality. You want to be open to the truth of these things? You're going to learn about it. You're going to read the books. You're going to listen to the shirim. And you're going to ask yourself, honestly, there must be something to this. If thousands, millions of people are having this. And if you're not that interested, you don't want to believe in this stuff, you're going to turn to the, to the atheist channel. You're going to listen. So, you know, people are going to choose their own realities, but we are hopefully truth seekers. And we want to open ourselves up to the realities of the soul and God, and et cetera, et cetera. So, so that's why we're here today. Okay? So I thought she said it better than I could. Um, okay, I, I wanted to share in particular, okay, well, uh, two, two more stories. Um, rabbi Glukovsky is a rabbi. He was a Chabad rabbi. He moved to Rehovot. And he, it is also not in the source sheets. It's just a, a story time. So he um, met a woman one night. And this woman came to the shir. And she decided she's going to start doing an English-speaking shir in Rehovot, gather the English speakers. And once a week, they would sit and learn Torah just like this. Now, she got a little older. She moved uh, out of Rehovo to Tel Aviv for her family, and she almost passed away. She had a near-death experience. She hadn't been in touch with this rabbi. She went out to the heavenly realms, and she saw that she had a beautiful, um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, no, but uh, 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 jewelry, jewelry around her. Uh, uh, like a tiara. Yeah, like tiara, a crown. And the gem of in the heavens was this shear that she had begun, this English-speaking shear. And so she, all, she, she was only granted a, a, like another week of life, but she called the rabbi in and said, please, please, please continue this year and it, it, and it will be as chus for my neshama. And indeed, as far as I know, he's still doing it to this day. So that was another amazing uh, experience. Uh, there was a Hasidic Jew in Barra Park in, the, in his 40s who saw his wife who had passed away and he wanted to go up, but his wife says, no, you have to go back and raise our son in the ways of Torah and mitzvot. Many similar stories. You, you told us a story just like that. And many people share this experience where they go to the heavenly realms. It's so blissful. They want to just go up there. But then heavenly voices tell them, no, you got you to gotta go back and take care of your kid. You have responsibilities uh, here in this world. Exactly like that. Um, there's a woman who also, uh, there was a, a swimming accident. And she saw uh, in the heavenly courts, angels on the right who were prosecuting her, and angels on the left who were defending her. Which is amazing because it aligns with Chesed and Gvura. Those who were on the, on the, on the right side of Chesed were, were defending her, and on the left side of, sorry, of, uh, of Gvura were prosecuting her. It's amazing how that aligns so well with our, uh, with our tradition. Okay, one of the stories which to me moved me very much a story from this book, Rabbi Zamir Cohen. I, I recommend it hi highly. It's a great book. And uh, he tells a story about Sharon Nachshoni, who's alive. So you can call him up if you're skeptical. It's the, this it, guy. This guy. Yeah. This guy. You could also go on YouTube and you can hear him telling me a story. And uh, his story is very moving. I, I want to share it with you. Okay. So Sharon, um, I don't know, 20 years ago was uh, called up for reserves. He lived in Nesciona, 
and he was a security guard for the prime minister. And standard process, pr procedure, takes his stuff, puts it in the car, says bye to his wife. He's going to have a two-month stint in Miluim. He was doing Miluim where I do Miluim, right by the Hebron area. And driving up, and on the way there, the car brakes in the middle of his driving. He's going fast. The steering wheel breaks his left uh, hand. He loses complete control. He swerves to the other lane. He misses one car. He misses another car. There's a huge tractor trailer. Boom. Right in the middle. The entire front of the seat and everything gets crashed to the back of the seat. Obviously, no human can survive that. And finally, the police get there. After an hour of like trying to get the door open, they see this Nebuch Sharon. They put him down. They put a plastic sheet over him. He's obviously not in this world anymore. Poor guy. And a bus pulls up. The 212 bus from Ashdod. The, there's a guy in the back of the bus, starts arguing with the bus driver, who later became religious because of this story. And he says, I got to get off. I got to deal with that guy. So the bus driver's like, okay, fine. Guy goes off the bus, pushes everybody aside, and does what's called an emergency uh, tracheotomy. And he basically starts, you know, yeah, whatever it is, saves his life. Everyone thought he was dead, miraculously, but unbelievably, he starts pu pu pushing breath into him, and Sharon wakes up. Okay? They take him to the hospital, and after a very long period of uh, getting better, and almost every part of his body was messed up and had to be switched, they said there was no chance he would ever walk. And and etc. etc. Eventually he lives, he walks, and it was a miracle that he survived. Okay, and they never found the, the doctor, as far as I know, who uh, who worked on him. It was just a, an angel sent from the heavens, an Elijah the prophet type of guy. And that's an amazing story. But that's not why I want to tell you the story. What I want to tell you the story is, is on one Saturday night, he was take, they were giving him morphine, etc. So he doesn't remember this, but. His brother-in-law uh, wrote down his conversation that he told to them. He said the following happened. He started telling him what his experience was when he went to the heavenly realms in those few minutes when he was in the car. So he said like this. Just like we said before, his soul rised up, rose up. He went through the tunnel and he got to the heavenly realms and he had to go to a Beiti. He had to go to... Um, to a, to a heavenly tribunal, but before he got there, he saw his entire family. He saw lots of his family, even people that he only heard about. His grandpa, that was like the patriarch of the family, named Shalom, he saw him there. He didn't even meet him, but he, he somehow recognized him in, in heaven. By the way, did you also happen to see family members when you were in that experience, or not that far? No, no, I just, I, I just refused to go. Okay. I mean, I... He saw family members, his grandma, and he saw his grandpa. He said, where's grandpa? Well, grandpa went to uh, testify for you at the heavenly tribunal. So suddenly he felt himself, his soul gliding to the heavenly tribunal. He felt very embarrassed. Felt like he's wearing dirty clothing and everyone else has clean clothing. And they started, uh, the three uh, judges were actually people. Rav Yitzchak Kaduri, Rav David Batsri, both very famous Kabbalists, and Rav, uh, Rav Aburjal. Rav Aburjal was alive. That's a crazy right. thing. 
but his soul had gone up to the heavenly realms, apparently, to be part of this court case. There are many similar stories about Rav Mordechai Liao, where people saw him in the heavenly courts while he was alive. I wonder if they know that their souls are up in the heavenly courts or not. I don't know. I don't know. But um, anyways, so those are the rabbis. Later, he would become close with this rabbi, but he didn't know him at the time. Okay? So the court case begins, and it started, um, first of all, they asked him three questions right at the beginning. The first question they asked him, can anybody guess? For a man, did you make, uh, were you honest in your business? That was the first question which they asked him. And he, he, they, they, they showed him a few instances where he was not honest in his business, where he, the, oh, there was light, I forgot to say, and there was two, there was uh, basically like the evil voice and the good voice that were calling out of the light, def the defender and the prosecutor. And the prosecuting angel said, you did it all for the money. And they showed him this time when he left the factory early. And they were very, very midactic, very precise about any infraction in business. Just a little scary. Um, then the next question, which they asked him was, did you um, make set times for learning Torah? He said, yes. So he passed that test. The third question they asked him was, Sipita Yeshua, did you um, anticipate the redemption? He did not understand that question. That's what he says. And he, they moved on. Then they began to start with the negative stuff of all the Averos that he ever did. They showed him his entire life. And then they started highlighting all of the misdeeds. So he talks about Kibbut Av. You, 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 were, you were, weren't kind enough to your parents. They spoke about Lashon Hara and how exacting they are about not speaking negatively about others. They spoke about, um, again, going after money, about Sinat Chinam, and every little nitty-gritty thing that he ever did not correctly, they, were, they accused him. Then they spoke about the positive stuff. They spoke about tzitzis, and he said, you'll never understand how every footstep of tzitzis uh, protected him. They spoke about, this is amazing, he gave tzedakah, and then he once... Uh, went and gave like uh, tzedakah at a certain raffle in Bnei Brak, and the rabbi, who was also still alive, was testifying for him in the heavenly chambers. He went up to the soul and was testifying. There was a widow that he used to visit, and he, she came up to the heavenly chambers, and she tilted the favors in his, in his favor. B'chula, b'chula, every little positive mitzvah that he ever did was examined, every little thing, Tzedakah, Torah, etc., etc., etc. At a certain point, I forgot to mention, they were putting him before the heavenly chambers, and he saw his aunt. And they asked in the heavenly chambers, it's you or her? One of you has to stay here. And he saw her in, his, in her weak robe, and he, he volunteered, I'm going to stay here. But in the heavenly chambers, they said, no, you have to go down to the back to the world. You're both inclusive souls, but you have to bring a child into the world who's going to bring nachas to your grandfather, so you're going to go back to the world. And so it was the, oh, and then they, they told him his mission in life. They told him three things, and they asked him, do you commit to do your mission? One of them, he said yes. One of them, he said, I'll try. And one of them, he didn't remember what it was. And 
they released him and his grandma ran after him to push him back to the out of this world and he morphed himself back into this world and then he saw himself in the in the ambulance and what he does is he shares his story all over the world because it's a pretty incredible story and um and I, I thought it's just a very inspiring story, but it's also amazing that when he woke up, the first thing that he asked his brother-in-law is, how's my aunt? Because he saw it in the heavenly realms. And his brother-in-law played it cool and was like, no, she's fine. Don't worry about it. Because the doctors didn't want to yeah. aggravate him. But he kept asking because he knew. And they eventually revealed to him the truth that his aunt had passed away, just like in the dream. So again, <laughs> Mr. Skeptic, how could he have known such a thing? Um, and it's again, it's a long story, like many of these stories, uh, but you get the, the, the gist of it, that it's an amazing example of all, so many of our Kabbalistic and, and Talmudic teachings are exactly what uh, Sharon experienced. Uh, to me, it seems like Hashem sent them down to the world in order to inspire us. Um, another great example, we won't have time to review it all today, but... I give you food for thought, is uh, Rav Alona Nava. I'm sure some of you have heard of him, yeah? yeah. So he has a two-hour uh, sharing of his near-death experience, which is a, a crazy one. So definitely better to hear it from his ears than mine. Just go on YouTube and click uh, Alona Nava near-death experience. But um, but Bekitzer Bekitzer, he's a 28-year-old secular, anti-religious guy in Manhattan in a taxi cab, and his soul... Just he died. He died in near-death experience. His soul flies out. He's able to enter into the souls and experiences of everyone he's flying above. He's like flying above a Manhattan. He sees into everybody's soul, and he experiences tremendous pain because of his lack of connection to Torah and mitzvot. He feels like totally disconnected, and then he sees the spiritual DNA of the universe. Right? Like this is a shulchan, as the Tanya talks about. He sees the shin and the lam and the nun. He sees how this world is just one small puzzle piece in a huge millions of puzzle pieces that only Hashem can understand. And we don't see the full picture, but then he's whisked away from it because he, he wasn't at the time connected to Torah and Mitzvah, so he couldn't understand it. Tremendous bliss. And uh, check out his uh, unbelievable story online, or you can call him up. He's a very nice guy. And uh, ask him personally. Um, and uh, again, I, I think Hashem definitely sent him down to the world so that he could share these amazing experiences with us. Before we wrap up, I did want to just jump through a few Talmudic and Kabbalistic sources, which do seem to align amazingly with uh, what we've been talking about today. Okay? So first of all, Source Hey, the Gemara in Rachos famously teaches Margala Bapumidarab. There was a teaching that Rav used to always teach. This world is not like the next world. This world, the next world, there's nothing physical, no jealousy, no hatred. Ella. Tzadikim yoshvin vatroteam beroshem. Tzadikim have their um, crowns on their heads. Benanim miziv hashkina. And they're simply in the bliss of just enjoying Hashem's bliss. Like 
many of these people experience that spiritual bliss of just being in connection with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, which is just like we have been describing it. Again, the truth is we're, we, in these stories, only saw a glimpse. We didn't see that, you know, all these people came back down to the world. So we didn't see the next stage of the journey, right? But we got a taste of it from these stories. Um, another Gemara in Brachos say, teaches that the dead are aware of everything that is said in front of them. Um, is a few, talking about them? Yeah, at the eulogy, and even right now, you know, the, the dead are aware of what you're saying, you know, which is something uh, a little bit intimidating if you're speaking uh, at a eulogy, but uh, that's what the Gemara says, in the, especially in the, in the first couple of days, there's an awareness of the body of what's going on down here, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, Sefer Hayashar teaches... The world to come is bright without end. Its light is great, unlike any in the world. This Kabbalistic teacher seems to be aligning exactly what all of these death experiences teach us. The Zohar teaches in Parshat Vayechi. We have learned at the moment a person leaves the world, their parents and relatives are already there and they show up. A person sees them and recognizes them. And all of those who are close to him in the same level, all of them come together and visit the person. And they go with the person's soul until the place where the person's soul will dwell there. Just like in many of these experiences where the whole family is there to greet them, that's exactly as the Zohar explained to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in that cave many years ago. The Zohar writes, When the Holy One wants to return one spirit to God, all the days that a person lived in the world appear to a person, and they are accounted for. And as the days come to be accounted for, a person dies. So just like in your experience and many, many people's experiences, um, there seems to be a self-accounting at the end of the day of every action we did. There are also Gemaras which talk about this, how even the Sicha, even a simple conversation that you had, um, we're going to be held accountable for. Sorry to scare everybody, a little, uh, a little intensity, but that's what it, it is what it is. Uh, it's on the big screen, uh, every single thing that we do. Zohar and Amar. And one does not die until they see the Shekhinah. So we're going to see the Shekhinah. We're going to see this light, this God's presence that we are not privy to in this world. Zohar, at the moment when a man's days are done and it's time for him to depart from the world, he is given permission to see those things which he had no permission to see before. It kind of reminds me of that Alon and Abbas story where he's seeing all this wisdom and he's zoomed like you know, into amazing wisdom and clarity, but... But we're not privy to that in this world. Only a, it's like uh, like a phone, you know. Until it connects to the Wi-Fi, it's not able to connect. So right now we're like without the Wi-Fi. But in the next world, we get zoomed into all of that wisdom, to all of that knowledge, to all of the things um, that uh, we didn't know. Just uh, a few more quick sources. The Gemara. This is maybe the mo- one of the most famous sources. The Gemara Sachem teaches. Rabbi Yosef. Uh, got sick, he had, and, he, and, he, and he died, he had a near-death experience, he had, when he came back, what did you see? I saw an upside-down world. Those who were above in this world, you know, those people were respected, maybe the movie stars, people were uh, very famous on uh, Twitter, who knows, they're down below. But those who are not so respected down here are up on top. 
You saw the real world. You saw the real reality. Praiseworthy is the man who comes to this next world with his Talmud in his pocket. And I don't think it means literally your uh, brachos. It means you learned what you needed to learn from life. You're, You're carrying your life lessons. Sometimes people would be sent down to the world and the, the mission was you have, you have a lot to learn. It's still, life is a learning lesson. So it could be literally, you know, did you finish Masechtas? Maybe that's some people's missions. But for other people, it's to learn a lot from life. And that's praiseworthy as a man who's learned those lessons. And, and also, interesting, they, they men, mentioned, If a person was killed by the uh, evil, uh, the wicked uh, Romans at the time, by the evil uh, kingdom, they, praiseworthy is, you know, it is, they, they're in a special mechitza in Shemaim. So, all of these holy chayalim, even if they weren't zoycha their whole life to be keeping Torah and mitzvahs, but this Gemara is saying if they died al Kiddush Hashem, so in the spiritual world, they are in a very, very special uh, place in Shemaim. And um, finally, the Gemara in uh, Yudalit, in Rosh Hashanah, is that my final source? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, last uh, Talmudic source for the day. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah teaches, Ravuna Abrei Rabbi Yeshua Chalash, Rav got sick, Al Rav Papa Lashayu so Papa went to ask how he's doing. He saw he was growing weak. He says, give him his uh, provisions. But in the end, he got better. What did you see in the spiritual world? What did you see? I saw Hashem. But because I wasn't mockpid in my ways, I wasn't strict about other people, so God said, I'm not going to be strict upon you, and I'm going to give you another chance and send you back to the world. So there seems to be a kind of mida connected mida way in the way that we treat people in this world. That's the way that Hashem is going to treat us in the heavenly realm. So just to in the next realm. So just to conclude, what we saw in our little adventure today is uh, I think uh, we have a good answer for Antonios. I think the millions of cases of near-death experiences and all the evidence we buttressed about how could they have known things in the heavenly realms seems to make a good scientific case that there is indeed a soul which lives on after the body. And uh, we also saw, amazingly, how the Talmud and the Kabbalah, written thousands of years before, exactly align with so many people's uh, experiences in the spiritual realms. And hopefully uh, that can chazik our amuna in the veracity of the Torah. And just as importantly, remind us that even though we don't understand why things happen in this world, we only have a tiny, tiny little view. But in the bigger picture, there is a judge. Everything happens for a reason. Everything's for from a loving God. Everything we do makes a difference. And uh, we don't understand the big picture, but we, we know that it's from Hashem. We have nothing to be fearful right. about in the, in, the, in the next world. And, uh, and that's nothing all. to be fearful in this world. Exactly. Nothing to be fearful in this world. It's all in His hands. Exactly. We, we just do our best. Step. That's right. That's right, Hashem. We listen to 